Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica! Shelby! What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling today? You know what? You know what? You know what? What? I'm actually finally, thank you, Jesus, that I am feeling like I'm at a good place mentally and Mm -hmm. emotionally Mm -hmm. today in my life. And Mm -hmm. it took a long time to get here. So that's how I'm feeling. That's what's popping. Your girl's in a good place. How about you? (laughs) Yay. First and foremost, kudos to you because I don't think that we talk about enough how sometimes we're not in a good place or we don't feel like ourselves. So I'm just so happy that you've gotten to this place where you're in a better place, where you're happy and you're just content with life. So kudos to you. Turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. Um, I think for me... um, I think for me that I'm in a slim position, I think that I am just operating from a place of gratitude and a place of thankfulness. Um, because if I'm being honest, if I think back over the past two years, um, it was a little rough for you, girl. I didn't know if we was going to come out in the dark or the light. I ain't going to lie. But um, I'm doing really good. I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. And I think about how a lot of the things that I have now are things that I prayed to God about, that I cried about, that I journaled about, that I talked your ear, ear, ear off about. So I definitely feel like I'm in a good place. And in being in a good place, friend, recently I've been seeing so many women just come into their own and be happy and be happy and confident and the best versions of themselves. I've even seen a lot of women, including myself, say that I'm becoming my version of that girl. So I have to know, friend, What's your version of being that girl that is confident, that is ha- that is happy, and that's not taking no shit? <laughs> hmm, that's a great question. I love that. And I actually think I'm that girl right now. Well, okay. not just bonded on these glasses, but okay. <laughs> y'all can't see me, so it's cool. <laughs> no, but I really feel that way. And I honestly, like I said before, I owe it to really God, honestly, because I spent so much time in my prayer closet, on my face, crying, grieving, healing, changing, growing, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff was so ugly and it was so uncomfortable. And it was so like one day I'm feeling like I'm killing it. The next day I feel like I want to kill somebody. Like it was just (laughs) so much residual pain and heartbreak and it was just messy. But I feel like God really took me and was like, look, to get you to where you want to be, to be that girl, Mm -hmm. you got to heal. You got to, you know, you're already resilient. And so I feel like that girl is the healed version of me or the healing version of me. I feel like I'm on the other side of the spectrum when it comes to healing. And I feel like um, 
just like I said, being resilient, walking around with forgiveness, not walking around with bitter. Because one thing I refused to do was be bitter um, mm-hmm. about things that didn't work out, relationships that failed, people that mm. did me wrong. Like I did not want to no. walk around like Diary Mad Black Woman, even though right. that's one of my favorite movies. But <laughs> um, I feel a lot more confident in just the way that I look, not to sound vain, but I lost a lot of weight. I grew my hair long. Like I'm really looking and feeling healthy and I'm in a good place like I said mentally emotionally and like you said not taking no mess so I was able to get to a point in that in those moments of solitude where it was just me and God he was teaching me a lot of things and one of the main important things is figuring out my standards out out of life in general and sticking to those and realizing that okay being able to stick to what you want and your standards is a confidence booster when you already know that this is what I want. This is who I am. So I'm definitely coming into more of awareness of who Erica Mm -hmm. is as a grown ass woman. So I am that girl in those definitions. What about you? First of all, I know that's right, friend. I know that's right. And my Cardi B voice. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would definitely say similar to you, for me, I realized in looking back in order for me to become that girl, I had to shed a lot of different things in my life. I had to, I had to shed like what I thought my life was supposed to look like. I had to shed some people. I had to shed some old ways of thinking and doing things. I think that I had to work on my relationship with God. I think that I also went through a season of loss. Um, and I lost a lot of things. But one thing about God, he don't play about me. and He's been the block about me. And he restored everything that I lost, that I thought I lost in this in that season tenfold. So I think that I just had to get um, just really focused on a lot of the things that I had been praying and believing God for. I feel like God stripped me of a lot of things, but then he restored and elevated me in a lot of things. Um, And so I got my mind back clear. And when I got my mind back clear, I got focused. And so I think for me, like you, I'm that girl and I will scream it from the hilltops because you won't know when you go around me that I think I'm that girl and always will be. Um, but for me, being that girl means, you know, being confident and like who I am and what I bring to the table. It's not being humble. It's talking about my accomplishments. It's celebrating my accomplishments, the degrees, the jobs, the salary, all of those things. Being that girl for me is showing up as my best version of myself. So kind of like you said, so things that I like to do just because I'm a girly girl. I love to dress up. I love to get my hair done and I love to wear my nails in neon colors. If I do not have my nails in neon colors, my friends are literally like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? So being that girl to me is just really being confident in who I am and what I bring to the table. But also being that girl for me is encouraging other women and just being a good friend, being a good daughter, being a good colleague, being a good person all around, but also doing things that bring me joy and make me happy. So to me, being that girl is really just be is showing up as my authentic, true, bubbly, talk a lot, five, two, don't take no miss. It is what it is for. And, and I period. know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like you said, Cardi B said, I know that's right. Yes. <laughs> so, and I think it's important for us to celebrate ourselves. And this is for all women and not feel like we have to kind of dim our light or like you say, play this, like play down our accomplishments or what we feel good about today or the good things that happen or even just sharing the bad things that happen, like being vocal and just being real and authentic, like all of that equals that girl. All right. Okay, so let's, since we that girl, let's talk about <laughs> dating and relationships and how we that girl in <laughs> dating and relationships. Nah. But um, this question is going to be interesting, Shelby. So let's talk about age when it comes to dating and relationships. So in your opinion, does age matter when it comes to dating and relationships? And if so, let's talk about why. So what I mean by this is like, does age equal maturity? Like what's the age range you will date? Things like that. Does it matter when it comes to dating? First off, I would like to shout out Pretty Ricky for the song, because if you know, you know, and if you don't know the name of that song or how it goes, you're too young for me. That's the first thing. I'm crying. <laughs> the second thing is jail is a real place. So age does matter. Um, I, I just, I want to put that out there too. That's the second thing. This is, you know, just want to put that out there, but I think to a certain degree, I think age, I feel like age does matter. I do not think that age equals maturity because I know grown men that are in their thirties and forties and that are a child. I know babies that have more sense than these men and I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I do, I don't think that age equals maturity. I think that, um, I don't know. I think it's an easy question, but it's a hard question. So I'll answer this question I'll ask. So the age that I prefer to date, so your girl is 29. So I prefer to date somebody that's like in the 27 to 35 year range. That's kind of my preferred age range and I usually actually date older men or men that are like two or three years older than me that's just my personal preference it does not equal maturity I can tell you from experience if they're gonna be immature they're gonna be immature it don't matter what age but I think for me I think that age matters to a certain extent for instance like I said 27 I feel like if you're under 27 for me like I don't really feel like you've lived life I don't feel like you really know what you want I don't really know if you can give me what I want and when I say that is I think that everybody needs to have this phase in their life I think a lot of people call it a whole phase even if you're not a hoe but I think that you need to have this phase in your life where you have a good time, whatever having a good time means to you. And I don't think having, a, I just want to put this out there. I don't think that having a good time necessarily means you sexing everybody down. If that's what you want to do, that's your business. I'm not going to judge you. This is a judge-free podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I think that everybody should have a fun time or a fun zone where they get things out of their system. I find that when people haven't had their whole phase or their fun phase, then they come into situations and relationships and they try to have it with somebody that's not into that or maybe that has already had their face and I think that for me age plays a part in if you're kind of under that age now if you're over that age and you're playing games you're childish and leave me alone get away from me I think that a lot of times I think like if you think about it friend when you meet somebody one of the first questions you ask them is how old are you or what's your age and I think a lot of times if I think about it I subconsciously try to 
calculate your your maturity. For instance, if I'm if you come up to me and you tell me you're 35 or 34, I'm going to expect you to be mature. I'm going to expect you to be stable. I'm going to expect you to be very sure of yourself. And I'm going to expect you to come with it. Like, I'm not going to expect you to play games because I feel like you've experienced a little bit more of life and I feel like you should know what you want. But I think that we all know that's not always the case because men want to be on these hoes sometimes. And I'm just saying. But I don't think that age equals maturity but I think that age for me plays a part into it because like I said like when I have a conversation with somebody and they tell me how old they are like I mentally subconsciously try to like okay like so they should be about x y and z but then I also think that like you can be young and you can be mature like I know people that got married at a young age and they're still together I know people that got married at a young age and they're divorced So I honestly think that it's not necessarily about age as long as you're legal, but I think it's about your mindset. I think mindset equals maturity because I think there are some men that are, that they're mature, but their mindset is very confident. Their mindset is very sure. They know what they want. They don't want to play games. And I think that equals maturity, but I think the age sometimes actually has nothing to do with it at all. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah, I feel like as for me in my house, uh, age does matter. <laughs> um, and I think for me personally, and probably you too, Shelby, like we most likely would get approached by somebody younger because we look younger than our actual age, right? Which is a great mm-hmm. thing that we do. But at the same time, y'all, story time, I had gotten approached by a 20-year-old who had just turned 20 that day. And I said, so wait, you mean you was like 19, like a a few hours ago, like last night you was 19? Like you can't buy me no bottle of wine, 19, 20. (laughs) And, but honestly, you guys, if I was 19 and 20, I probably would have talked to him because he was very nice looking, a very nice looking young man. But I feel like the first thing in my head was like, okay, um, no. But (laughs) we got into this discussion about age because he asked me how old I am. I'm mid-30s, so I was just, like, 20 and mid-30s. Like, if I was a teen mom, he could have been my son. And I ain't trying – nah, I'm not trying to do this. So I do believe that, you know, you could be 30 and immature. You could be 40 and immature. Um, I know that – I know some 30-year-olds that have their shit together. I know some 40-year-olds who don't have anything together. So it's like – it. I mean, it just depends. But for me, I think because – of my age, I think I would date from the range of 30 to 40. I would not go below that. Maybe 29 might be pushing it. We just going to see. But <laughs> I do agree with you. Like, I just want someone that has lived a little bit more life. Like, that 20-year-old, that little baby, he was fine. But, like, how much life have you lived? What have you gone through to really figure out who you are as a young man? What right. you want out of life? Like, are you ready for marriage and a family type of thing? Like, I'm more so in that season than just trying to figure it out um, at barely 20 years old. So um, needless to say, I don't talk to him (laughs) just because of the age. And it wasn't me being judgmental. It's just where I am in my life just to me just didn't add up to where he is in his. Um, And so it brought me to thinking about how age kind of is a double standard, right? Like men a 50-year-old man will go after a 25-year-old, right? Right. But if a 50-year-old woman 
goes after a 25 year old people would be looking at her like okay what's wrong with her right. or why she can she can't find anybody her own age you know and i don't know what that's about i don't know if that's male ego like they just want to pull and see if they still got it you know old heads trying to see, see if they still got it i don't know but i think that it's not fair that that is a double standard because um if you are an older woman and you are dating a younger man, like it should not be like a, a double standard because men do it all the time. But it also had me thinking about like the Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey situation. So I know that they broke up. Obviously, we don't know completely why, but I do know that he was like 10 years older than her. And, you know, Lori, I don't know why she gets all this flack about dating and moving on and dating and moving on. I feel like as a young 25-year-old, I think she's 25, like that's what you should do that's what you should move around and figure out what you know you want and um maybe I don't know I'm just this is just a theory maybe Michael was ready to like settle down and be married and maybe she just not she just wasn't there yet especially considering she's already been through an engagement with somebody so I honestly wouldn't be surprised if age played a part in their situation too what yeah do you think I- about that or yeah, I was just going to say, you brought up a really valid point. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think that at the end of the day, when I'm just going to say, when I was 25, I wasn't thinking about selling down when nobody had nobody's kids. I was thinking about getting off on Friday and being in a section by 1130 at night, if I'm being honest, and hanging with my friends. Just saying, period. Right. But it brought up another thing. I think that age does matter to a certain extent because I think that sometimes, you know, if you have, to your point, like a huge age gap. Like for me, I don't want to date somebody somebody too old. I don't want to date somebody too young. And I think that everybody has their personal preferences. I think that some people like to date older. Some people like to date younger. As long as it's legal and you ain't got the cops in your business, that's your business. But <laughs> I think that when you think about it, I think that sometimes if you date too old or too young, then you run. And this is just my personal opinion. Um, I think that you run the risk of not being aligned. And I'm going to give you an example. This is like maybe like a dramatic example, but let's say that this, let's say a man is like 45, 50 years old, right? And let's say he gets with a 25 year old. That man has already lived his life. He's probably already seen the Mm -hmm. world. He's probably already experienced life. And he's probably already experienced a lot of his first with someone else, like his first home Mm -hmm. or his first whatever the case may be, versus somebody that's 25, she's just getting ready to experience life. Like she is just finding herself. She's just figuring out who she is and what she wants to do with who she wants to be. So I just think in my mind, like if a 25 year old gets with a 50 year old, like what do y'all have in common? Like if that's your sugar daddy, that's cool. But maybe you love that person. If you love that person and that works for you, that works for you. But I'm just thinking about, like, I really want to experience first with whoever my husband is, like buying our first home, having our first child, um, you know, just all these firsts and building this thing. But also I think about, like, if I want to be with somebody that's around the similar age as me, because I feel like we can relate and we can figure this thing out. I just think about, like, for instance, if I got with somebody that's super older than me, like, they may not want to do these things because they're tired they don't feel like it or they've already lived that life and they've already done it. So we're cutting out experiences. And so to your point, I think that a lot of people were upset with Lori Harvey because A, it's Michael B. Jordan. And that man is fine. 
And this was actually okay. the first time. And this was actually the first time, if you think about it, that he's been public with somebody. So I can imagine that his heart is all in and he's all in. But I think we have to normalize, like, if something is not for you or if someone is not for you or if you are not... If you are not ready for what somebody else is ready for, and I'm not saying this is why they broke up, if you are not ready with some, if you're not ready for what someone else is ready for, um, and you cannot grow and evolve, and y'all are not agreeing, the best thing that you can do is let that person go instead of being, instead of holding on to that person. I think that is the most selfish and mean thing that you can do. And you can say what you want about Lori Hardy, but I applaud her for doing what's best for her because men do what's best for them all the time. So when women do what's best for them, why is it a problem? Why is she a hoe? Why is she the male future? Mm -hmm. Why is she all of Mm -hmm. these things? Like sisters, sisters 25 and rich. And the the other thing that somebody else pointed out is that we got to take into account that Lori Harvey is not the average person. She's rich by herself. So she doesn't need a man to do anything for her or to buy her things. She literally gets with people because she likes them or because she wants to and she's experienced in life. And so the other thing is like, she don't have to depend on a man to for a come up or to do anything. Like she's already there to a certain extent, if you know what I mean. So I just think that mm-hmm. we need to we need to normalize Letting women do what the fuck they want to. And that's on period. That's all Mary had a little lamb. And that's on mind your business. <laughs> I agree 100%. And, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan, if you listening, um, if you need I'm a crying. shoulder to cry on, <laughs> I got two of them. <laughs> Not two. <laughs> no, but I think, you made, <laughs> I think you made great points. I was going to say something else, but my mom would be listening sometimes. So I'm not going to go there. All right, let's keep it moving to the journey segment. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss how things have been going with our brand, All Things Melanin. So Shelby, let's discuss then versus now. So have you ever heard the saying is like, I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, So let's talk about how that applies to our brand journey. And like, what do we know now that we didn't know then? You know, I think you and I actually had this conversation the other day. <laughs> and so I think for me, so let me set the stage a little bit. So when Eric and I first started our brand, we basically sat down and we wrote down and discussed everything that needed to be done, right? And so from that list, we just split it down the middle so it would be fair. So as the years went by, um, One thing that I genuinely believe, and I know Erica can attest to this, is that I really believe that God gives each of us gifts that we are supposed to use and to share with the world. And I've realized on our brand journey that there are some things that Erica is a rock star at and that she kills it at and that she's amazing at and that's her thing. And there are some things that I'm a rock star at and that I kill it at and that I'm amazing at. And so I think for me... One thing that I wish I, one thing I wish that we had done differently, really the only thing that I wish that we had done differently, if I think about it, is I wish that we had had a discussion about what, um, we've had a discussion about what our dreams and our visions and our gifts are, but I really wish we would have sat down and had a more in-depth discussion about what we were passionate about doing 
and our brand and our business so that we can only focus on those things. Because I think that Eric and I have spent a great deal of amount of time doing things that we can do and that we like to a certain extent, but that we might not have enjoyed. So looking back, I just really wish that we had honed in on our skills and our gifts a little bit sooner so that we could have divided up tasks and things that needed to be done in a way that aligned with our gifts, aligned with our spirit, and aligned with what we're good at. Because I think that now we're in a place where we do things that we enjoy and that we're good at. I'll give you an example. So anybody that knows Erica knows that she is amazing at design, period. Interior design, she has a business, ELM Interiors, check it out, and website design. So Erica does anything design related. I'm talking website, I'm talking graphics, I'm talking podcast covers, I'm talking colors, mood boards, all of those things. That is Erica's arena. She can have, like, sometimes she asks me questions and I'll probably get on her nerves because I'll be like, whatever you want, whatever you like, whatever you think. And that's because that's her gift and that's what she operates in. So first and foremost, Erica and I are friends first, but then second of all, because that's her gift and that's what she operates in, I trust Erica a hundred percent to do whatever. So that's the first thing. And then another example is, for instance, like anybody that knows me knows that I live on social media. And so a lot of times, like if you like chat with us on social media, Twitter or Instagram or whatever the case they may be, you're talking to me. And so, for instance, Erica said the other day, she was like, Brand, like, what do you think about you taking over doing our social media channel? She was like, you're good at it. You enjoy it. She was like, I can do it. I like it. But that's your gift. So I think for me, that's what I wished we had honed in on a little bit more and what I wish I knew then. I just wish we had focused on what our gifts and our strong points were first so we could divide and conquer that way. What about you? Yeah. And, and just to add on to that, just playing to our strengths. I think that that's super, super important because Shelby and I, the way our personality is, well, side note, thanks for plugging my um business. Um, that was great. Um, but the thing about Shelby and I is we could do all things for ourselves all the time. Like if 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 it all the responsibility was on Shelby, I know she would do it. If all the responsibility was on me, she know I would do it. But that does not, you know, what is the purpose of having two people if you know we're not splitting up the work evenly or just like I said, playing to our strengths. So I love the fact that we figured that out and we kind of have like a well-oiled machine on uh, doing that. And then what I would add about like probably what I didn't know then when we first um, started our brand was just how hard it is to become a quote unquote overnight success, which doesn't really exist. But you know what I mean. So let me explain. Um, I wish I knew probably the reality of building anything from the ground up, because if we're if we can be honest, people on social media make things look like they happened overnight or just the reality of reaching a goal that we have or the reality of reaching just any dream or um, milestone that we had for our business. So I think our journey as a whole has obviously been a learning experience and the just the reality of what it means to be successful because a lot of our learning experience has been trial and error or what works and what doesn't work. Um, I say this all the time. We started off with a YouTube channel. That didn't that didn't work as well as we intended it to at first. And then podcast started being a really big thing. So we switched over to that and we felt like this was our niche, which I feel like it is. So um, just being able to really 
get the reality of what it means to be successful or what that means for us and knowing that if we fail at some things that doesn't mean we're not successful at it we just pivot and make sure that the next thing we do we still stick into our you know standards for our brand and then um I think that's all I would say as far as what I wish I knew then because you definitely are not going to know everything but as you're going on this journey to building whatever it is that you have your vision your goal your dream you're going to um learn you're going to um unlearn (laughs) you're going to stretch you're going to change you're going to be challenged so all of that stuff i can't say that i knew um then but i definitely know now and you know this thing ain't for the week so that's all i would say All right, so keeping it moving to our mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that was submitted to us, and then we're going to give our advice. So um, the letter reads, Hi, Erica and Shelby, I'd like your advice about the single life. I listen to you ladies' experiences when it comes to the dating scene and being single. I've been single for about three years now, and I'm finding myself feeling lonely. I believe I'm ready to date again and hopefully be in a committed relationship, but sometimes I get discouraged with the the dating scene. Do you have any advice for us single ladies who are looking to be in a relationship but finding themselves still single? So one thing that I will say, because your girl is single, single. And I feel like in the past, and even sometimes I get lonely and I struggle with being single. Um, But one thing that I realized is that if you idolize being in a relationship just so you're not alone, that is a very dangerous place to be. And it's a dangerous place to be because it's kind of like sometimes you may not be as clear headed as you can, because yes, I think that. God created us to have companionship. Think about it. He made Eve for Adam because she was lonely. But I think that there are certain things that we need to learn and do in our single season before that we can be with our person. For me, I know that if I had met my person before now, I would have messed it up because I actually was not ready. So I think that's the first thing. And then also, I think the second thing to know is just that It's that feeling lonely and being lonely is like a normal thing because we were made for companionship. We were made to be with somebody else and to be with others. So I would definitely say for me, one thing that I've realized the first step to, you know, maybe meeting somebody or going on a date or being in a relationship is really to be open, to really be open um, to dating, but also to know, you know, what are your deal breakers? What are you going to deal with? What are you not going to deal with? Because me and Erica talk about this all the time. Everybody going to deal with something, but what are you willing to deal with? And I think that as far as anybody that's looking to be in a relationship that find themselves single, I would definitely encourage you to, A, you know, go do things that you enjoy doing. People always say that if you go do things that you enjoy doing, that you'll meet somebody. I would definitely say if you want to take it up a notch, maybe looking to see if there are any singles events in your event, be in your area. Because I know that certain areas, you know, do speed dating or singles events or they do stuff for singles. So I will look into that. Um, Here's another thing. Ask your homeboys, where do men go? Let me tell you something. Yo, homeboy can be the plug. 
to helping you out because he know where men go and he knows what they like to do. So maybe asking them, okay, like, what do men go? What do they like to do? Where can I meet somebody? And then also maybe looking in your circle because I know that there are a lot of times where people have introduced um, their friend to their mate. I want to say if my friend is out there and they know somebody, text me. Okay, back to the program. But sometimes people, you know, meet their mate that way. But I think the only other advice that I would have is just honestly to stick to your standards, um, continue to be open, honest, and transparent about, you know, what you want. Also, another thing is if you're open to it, you know, maybe getting on a dating app and meeting people that way. I think that there are so many different ways to meet people, but I think that you just have to do what works for you and what is comfortable for you uh, and what you feel comfortable doing. So I guess my advice for if you are wanting to be in a relationship and you don't feel like it's going the way you wanted to when you're getting discouraged, I would just say find ways to put yourself out there that is authentic to you, but also that you feel safe. What about you, friend? What do you say? I think that's great advice. Um, I can definitely speak to this because I am also single as a Pringle. Um, but what I can add to that is like, I hate when people say, oh, he'll show up when you least expect it. Like, I actually hate when people say that, but it's actually right. true. So let me say it in a different way. I feel like my advice would be to stop looking to be in a relationship and find your purpose, girl. Get busy. In your calling, get busy in your purpose, get busy in your creativity, get busy in your interests, get busy in your hobbies. Because some of us, honestly, we ain't lonely. We just actually bored. <laughs> like, come on, so come on now. if you can get busy, <laughs> if you get busy with the things that you love, and then that person would have probably a better opportunity of showing up. And you, as you're going through this lonely season, I'm not trying to downplay the lonely season. I've definitely had those times, but you don't despise your single season or your lonely seasons, because let me tell you, it is better to be lonely or alone on my couch, in my peace, with my things than it is to be lonely in a relationship just to say what you have a relationship just to what soft launch him on social media it really is better to just stay by yourself if you know that a certain situation is not what you want um but also in this season of singleness just take the time to get to know yourself more because this could really be the time that maybe God is preparing you for this person or maybe he's preparing that person for you um so my advice to add to everything Shelby said would just be to don't despise your single season get busy with doing other things um continue to live your life if you want to travel continue to travel there's travel groups you can join or if you have friends that you want to travel with or just things that you've always wanted to do don't put that on hold because you like oh well I I've always wanted to go to California on a vacation well go to California anyway you know like continue to live your life and I think one of the things that Shelby said that was great was just going places where that you enjoy because you probably will meet other people that obviously enjoy the same things and you can start making friendships and not only friendships even if they homegirls you never know if them homegirls might have brothers cousins uncles somebody <laughs> that you never know that you could eventually meet and that could be your forever mate so I got all the answers and no man but <laughs> that is what I would say 
Um, so if any of you guys out there have a question that you want our advice on, please send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So before we get going, we're going to leave you with words of encouragement. And this Bible verse comes from Psalm 27, 13. Um, This is the NIV version. It says, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I had had this highlighted on my Bible app forever because I can understand how all of us could just be overwhelmed with just the hustle and bustle of life, but also all the craziness that's going on in the world that we see in the news. And it just seems like, is there any good happening in, in the world? Is there any good around it? So it's hard not to get overwhelmed by so much negativity and getting discouraged or just in your, your life or what you may be dealing with right now. Um, so I think this Bible verse really helps me understand that God is still in control at the end of the day and that we have to believe that we still will see his goodness in the land. So that means we ain't got to go to heaven to see the goodness. We'll see it there, but we will also see it here. Um, so I think that that helps me remain confident even some of the things that I've been praying on and asking for for years now and haven't seen it yet this gives me the confidence that like okay if it's God's will for me to see it in the land of living I'm gonna see that goodness from him so what does it mean um to you Shelby yeah I would definitely say and agree with everything that you just said but I think Definitely when I read this, I definitely think that it resonates with me because it reminds me really just for just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying that there are so many things that I have been praying and believing God for for years. I'm talking about on my knees, journaling, praying, tears and all the things. And I think that sometimes just as a human, um, I get so frustrated that it hasn't come to pass or or it hasn't happened or I don't see how God is going to make it happen. I don't see how it's going to come to fruition. But when I read this Bible verse, it reminds me that for me, it reminds me that if God has put a dream or a vision or something on my heart, that I will see it come to happen, that I just have to be confident and have faith that I'm going to see it happen in God's timing. And I think a lot of us, let me talk about myself. I get so confused sometimes about God's timing and my timing because my time is right now, but I don't know what God's timing is. But one thing is kind of like the old people say, he may not come when you want him, but he comes right on time. And that is so true. And I really just think it's a reminder that wherever you are in life, wherever you're praying and believing God for, if he put it on your heart, if he gave you the vision, if he's been talking to you about it, if you keep getting affirmations and reminders and pop-ups in, in everyday life, He will make it come to pass in his time. And his time isn't always our time, but we have to be confident. But we have to be confident, have faith that it will come to pass whenever he wants it to. Amen to that. So let me go ahead and pray over us. Bow your head, close your eyes. If you drive and just sway with it. Dear God, thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. And for every person listening to this podcast, we just pray that you will help us to remain confident that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, as your word says. And we believe that if you said it, 
that settles it. We pray for those who may have become very weary in patience and waiting, but we pray that you strengthen them. We pray that you encourage them. We pray that you show up in their lives this week in a mighty way, in a way that they cannot deny, in a way that they know that it was you, God. And we know that your timing is perfect. And we pray for continued abundance, favor, protection, supernatural blessings over our lives. And we know and believe that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.